We're continuing our series entitled Building Bold Witnesses. And this is an evangelistic uh, type of series. And I think that every year, probably once or twice a year when I'm doing my preaching calendar, I make sure that we cover evangelism in some shape or form. Uh, evangelism is the heartbeat of the church, as I said last week. It is the very reason that we exist. And when the church ceases to focus on evangelism, I begin to wonder if that church is really a church or if that church really should exist at all. Because evangelism is what it's all about. And so, so we're going to be continue focusing on that. And I, and I, I felt like, well, since this Mother's Day, and, uh, and, we, and the series is about evangelism. I thought we would focus on a woman uh, who evangelized. And uh, as we're going to see, as we unveil this thing, this was a woman who, uh, who had no significant notoriety, but she was a woman that God nonetheless used in a significant, powerful way. This message is applicable to everybody in this room and to the listening audience. But I want to, before I get started, I want to say a couple of things as I customarily do, just to kind of set this up or to tee this sermon up for you. Because one of the things is that there's always a misnomer around the idea of evangelizing. And people tend to think that the uh, sole purpose of evangelizing, evangelizing really rests on the hands of ministry leaders and pastors. And the reality of it is, whenever you study the scriptures, if you just look at the Bible just a little bit, you know that that is not true that uh, the mandate for reaching our city and reaching our community expands to every one of us. And so none of us has as an option of whether or not we choose to evangelize. We're called to do it. And if we're called to do it, then that means that we must embrace it. And if we're called to do it, then that means that God expects us to obey him. So this is a calling that we have, and, and I believe that the church really needs to look at it and see it that way. Because I do believe that what is snuck into our hearts, it's this kind of idea that kind of suggests that, you know, um, I will if I'm given an opportunity. Uh, I will, but, you know, just kind of see how it goes. And, and the problem with that attitude is there's not a sense of urgency. One of the things that you discover when you read the Bible, particularly when you read uh, in the book of Acts, uh, and you read in the Pauline's epistles, the Apostle Paul, the epistles that he wrote, there was always a sense of urgency when it came to proclaiming the gospel. At no point in time did you see whether it was James or whether it was Paul or whether it was uh, John. Uh, when you read these epistles, what you see is, or, or Peter, you, you see this kind of uh, anticipation, this kind of urgency that I got to preach. I got to share my faith. I, I have to communicate this thing. Um, and, and I think that with so many distractions in our world today, um, it, is, it is so hard. It, it, well, it shouldn't be, but it can be so hard to stay focused on what the church, in essence, is really all about. And, we, and evangelism is the heartbeat all that we do, and, and until we begin to really embrace that idea, we're always going to struggle as a people and as a church because God's anointing is in doing what he said. I want to say that again. God's anointing is in doing what he said. If we want God's anointing, then we have to do it God's way. God is not in the business of anointing us for our own purposes. God anoints and equips us to do the work of ministry. 
And this is a very, very important aspect of that. And so we don't want people sitting on the sidelines. What I simply mean by that is as long as there's breath in your body, you have an opportunity to reach somebody. As long as you're sitting here and you, you're breathing, today you can go out there, share your faith with somebody at a restaurant, grocery store, whatever the case might be, and that person can change a city, can change a world. This woman, as we'll discover here this morning, man, she changed a whole city. And there was nothing that, that was really braggadocious about this woman, nothing at all in her DNA, nothing that we see here that would have qualified this woman to be an evangelist. But yet we discover that this woman was very, very evangelistic in when she had this encounter with, with Jesus. And I really believe that when we have that encounter with Jesus, it should change us. It should motivate us. And one of the things I think that this woman, the Samaritan woman, what one of the things that she will show us is that sharing our faith is not really meant to be hard. Your testimony, how God impacted your life. How many of you find it difficult? I just want to show hands. How many of you find it difficult to share what God has done in your life? Can I see a show of hands? How God saved you, how he impacted you. How many of you find that difficult? You just find that difficult. And, I, and, and, and you got to help me with that because I'm not really sure why. But perhaps something will be said today that will release you from that. So that when somebody says the word evangelism or sharing your faith, it is not something that conjures up feelings of anxiety. But, it, but instead, it, you get motivated and you get inspired just like this woman. She was motivated and she was inspired to share about Jesus Christ. And let me tell you, she made a tremendous impact. So let's kind of jump right into it. I don't want to keep it too long. So, so this encounter... Now, you remember last week when we, uh, uh, we began talking about our series, we said that the Holy Spirit is and forever will be at a very, very important agent as it relates to people getting saved. We cannot save people. You don't have that capacity. You're not that great. You're not that smart. We cannot save anybody. But what we can do is allow the Holy Spirit to work in and through us so that he can save those that he is drawing from the foundation of the earth. And so one of the things that we discovered last week, if you didn't, uh, uh, if you weren't here for the message, you need to go up online and listen to it. because I think it ties in because because what that message really said is that it is the Holy Spirit that saves. It is the Holy Spirit that draws people. It is the Holy Spirit that makes a difference. And so as we uh, learn to rely and trust in the Holy Spirit, then evangelism is at the foundational point. It's at the point where now it can launch off and do great things. And so, and so we see here in this story of the woman in the whale. And so, uh, woman in the whale, uh, the woman at the whale. Uh, and so we'll, we'll see here, and that's this is another thing that we call it in John chapter four. But um, and so we see here that Jesus has an encounter with this woman. So Jesus is sitting there, and he's basically. Uh, kind of waiting for his disciples to get back. And all of a sudden, this woman comes out of nowhere. She's just coming out there to get water. She's not thinking about evangelism. As far as we know, there was nothing about her life that suggests she was anything religious at all. And so all of a sudden, Jesus now is at the well, and there's a Samaritan woman that comes out. Now, if you know anything about Samaritans and Jews, they don't get along with each other. They, they don't like each other. Um, Ethically, the Samaritans, I believe, to have been a mixture of various races, of Semitic races, and because of their defensive devotion uh, to defective devotion to Judaism and their partly pagan ancestry, the Samaritans was despised by ordinary Jews. 
The Jews hated them so that they wouldn't even place foot on the same ground that they walked. That's how much they hated them. And so here, and, and one of the things, this is amazing because you find out that the way God works, that if we have problems with race or ethnic problems or, or anything like that, I can assure you that if you're truly saved, then God is going to force you to deal with that issue. Because and he's going to put you in situations. How many of you know what I'm talking about? He's going to put you in situations that you're going to have to deal with it. But if there are barriers, if you already have some preconceived ideas in your mind about evangelism, who you're going to talk to, the, the, the problem with that is uh, that, that we need to be open to whatever God wants to do. So maybe you're sitting here today, you say, I will never minister to that person. I will never minister to that kind of person. Then I'm here to tell you right now, that if you're God's child, you're going to probably end up in some way having an opportunity to minister to that kind of person. And so we see Jesus is breaking all the barriers. First of all, he's talking to a woman alone, which is culturally they, weren't, they generally didn't do. And then make matters worse, he's talking to a Samaritan who the Jews absolutely, absolutely hated. And so we see here that how the Holy Spirit is working. Remember, we talked about the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit is moving through Christ. Right. And Jesus is there. And at the same time, he's drawing this woman, the Holy Spirit is drawing this woman, so now they're going to have an encounter. And Jesus is looking. Now, I want to, I want to, to drive that, home, that, that point home, that we always got to have in our heart, that always need to be about all of us, this kind of idea that we're kind of looking and waiting. I have to forcefully tell myself this every day, Lord, show me where you're at work so that when you show up, I'm ready. God, show me who it is you want me to talk to today. Anybody pray that every day? Lord, lead me, guide me. <clears throat> Lord, direct me. Because we, we have to be evangelistically natured. That's the way we all have to think. And so Jesus is giving us that emotion here, giving us that, that, that kind of uh, understanding there. And so we, we see that, uh, first of all, that this woman was an ordinary woman with real issues. Look at verse number 13 in John chapter 4. Um, verse number 13, look at this, verse 13 down to verse number 19. Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I should give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Then the woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst. Now, see how Jesus is beginning this conversation. He's taking the natural into the realm of the spiritual with this woman. Natural water, but he's taking it to another level. No, no, you need, this is real water. This is life I'm speaking about. So I, he says here that I shall give him, uh, will, I'm sorry, let me go back. But the water that I shall give him will become a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, sir, Give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. Now watch. And Jesus said to her, this is interesting. Go, call your husband and come. Now, did anybody see that? Did anybody see what that kind of, how does that match into the conversation? She's coming to get water. Now, Jesus began to talk about spiritual water. But then in the midst of all that, he goes, uh, I'm going to give you water. You'll never thirst again. Now, now go call your husband. <laughs> now watch how Jesus does this. So he's going someplace with this because he knows where her needs are. He's, oper he's operating in the realm. He's being led and guided by the Holy Spirit. 
And the woman said, because now let me start right there, because part of what was was happening here is this is a spiritual development. This is God beginning to draw this woman. And one of the ways that he's beginning to draw this woman is beginning to speak about things in our life. This is where prophecy is important. And, and you can't prophesy. You can't you can't be involved in any of that, really, unless you be filled with the Holy Spirit. So when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, when you're walking with God on a regular basis, God will give you insight and wisdom in, into people's lives. How many of you have ever done that? Well, you just spoken to somebody's life. You maybe not even knew that you were hitting on something, but man, you just started, you just walking with God and all of a sudden you said something. They looked at you and said, how did you know that? See, that's the Holy Spirit moving in that situation. The Holy Spirit is beginning to draw. That's what's happening here. So he said, now woman, go call your husband. And uh, you know what she said? I don't have no husband. <laughs> Jesus said to her, you, you said, you have well said that, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands. Uh-oh. And the one you now have is not your husband, and that you spoke truly. <laughs> then the woman said, what she said? The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet, you think? <laughs> I perceive that you're a prophet, and she wants to go and start talking about worship and all those things. And so what we see here is that this was an ordinary woman. And I want you to understand this, this whole concept here, okay? I got to set this up for us. This is an ordinary woman who has an issue. Her issue is she got a problem with immorality. She's obviously got a man problem. She seemed to go from man to man, and Jesus called her out on it. And uh, she's stunned. She's shocked. She, whoa, how did you, I mean, well, you must be, how do you know that? I mean, she couldn't, anybody else, she'd been able to, she'd been able to get that over on. But, but Jesus called her out on it. He says, he says, no, he says, he says, you got five husbands and the one you got now, that ain't your husband. You said that right, but, that, but you lied. Basically, he called her a liar. And she was so taken away by this. And, and, and the thing that, that really encourages me about this woman, and it should encourage us about all of us, is that just because we all have issues don't mean God can't use us. See, everybody has an issue, right? You had a woman who had an issue of blood, you had a, who was sick, we had a... We got folks got issues of lying. We got like, like, like this woman, one wasn't forthright. We got people got issues, all kinds of issues. But one of the things that we've come to understand about God is when God want to do his most profound work, he doesn't look for perfect people. Are y'all listening to me? There are not any of those. They don't exist. He doesn't look for per perfect people. What, so because, because, because you see, when God begins to do a work through us, it's never, it's never about us and our power to do anything. It's always about him. And so when we see God use a woman like this, because, you know, in some religious circle, people be like, man, this woman right here, she don't, she don't you know, she ain't going to do no. God ain't going to use her. Just sit her down. She's, you know, she's immoral. She got all kind of problems, man. She's a man. This woman, this is, she is not a candidate. But we understand that in God's eyes, God will use anybody that's willing to be used. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? He says, and, and, and just to kind of give you a point, this is one of the verses I think that I love in the Bible, and all of us have, have laid eyes on this. But it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 and 29, you see a caller and brethren that not many wives according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put the shame that are the things that are wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty, the base things of the world and the things which are despised. This is what God has chosen. Look at that. Isn't that amazing? And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. Why? Because it is about no flesh glorying in his presence. 
And so one of the things that, that, that this does, that humility does for me is it keeps me always having to depend on God. So this woman who, have, uh, who don't have a stellar background, who has some issues, we see that God is still going to use her. So this story is going to unfold because Jesus is setting this thing up. He's impacting her. He's speaking to her from a place of authority. He's spoken into her life. He has piqued her interest now. Now she is truly engaged. And, and so one of the things that we see about this woman now, before she actually goes off, because we, we're going to see here in a moment how she goes off and she just starts telling everybody what she just encountered. First, I want you to understand that when, before this woman did that, that she didn't allow her own past to stop her or to hinder her. Um, one of the things that, that I think that I've learned is that when it comes to evangelism and, and, and talking to people about my faith, the only time I really have a problem doing that is when I become, when I think about myself too much. When I start thinking about how people are going to perceive me. When I start thinking about me, me. Because it's really not about me, right? It's not about you. But this woman walked out, this woman who technically in all, and every theologian would say this, and every person that reads the Bible who's religiously devout would probably say this woman is not qualified to be used by God in any shape or form. But we see this woman, she gets a revelation. She's going to get the revelation and the, the, who Jesus is. And, and she, doesn't, she doesn't let that stop her from going and talking about Jesus. She doesn't allow the fact that, you know what, I, got some, I did some things in the past. How many of you did some things in the past you're not happy about? All right, confess it, you move on. How I many of you have done things in the present you ain't too happy about, right? I mean, the past, present, future, I mean, it's, it's there, right? But you don't let those things stop you from doing what God's called you to do because God, listen, he called you already knowing that you were full of issues. That's why the Bible says he's working in you. How I many know that we all are a work in progress? He's working in us to will and to do of his good pleasure. So our God is still working. He's working in us. He's, he knows we're not perfect, just like he knew this woman wasn't. But this woman, that man, when she got the revelation, she ran off into the city. Ran off into the city because she wanted to let everybody know what had happened to her. She had no formal training. She didn't go to, this was a woman who didn't go to seminary, right? As far as we know, there's nothing here that tells me that she had big Bible studies in her home. She didn't have a woman's group. If she did have a woman's group, it wouldn't be the kind of group we think it was, right? So we see that this woman shows nothing extraordinary about her. She was just a regular old woman that had issues just like all of us. Regular person who have issues. And she's just trying to get some water and she ends up encountering Jesus. And so this whole idea that, man, you know, I got to be. I need to be trained. Now, let me say this. Our, part of our, our vision, our mission statement is to train and equip believers to be mature disciples. So we believe that people should be trained. People should study the Bible. You should know. But, 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 but you don't have to have formal training to be used by God in a significant way. Are you hearing me, what I'm saying, church? You don't have to go to seminary to be used by God. You don't have to be deeply, deeply theological, R.C. Sproul type and, you know, and all these people. You don't have to be all that in order to be used. So we see that this woman, that this was the case with her. So after an encounter with Jesus, so she, she has this encounter with Jesus. She gets this revelation of, of who Jesus is. And look at verse number 28. Uh, look at verse number 28 and 29. Let's, let's, go, let's go there. Um, Actually, I'm going I'm I'm to move up a little bit. Verse 25. The woman said, 
to him, said to Jesus, I know the, that Messiah is coming. Because <laughs> Jesus is telling her, uh, he's witnessing to her, and, and who is called the Christ. And when he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, watch this, I who speak to you, I'm it. I'm that Messiah that y'all been waiting for. I'm it. And at this point, in verse 27, his disciples came and they marveled that he talked with a woman, yet no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? Now, in the meantime, as the disciples are coming back, what is the woman doing? What is she doing? Is she just sitting there pondering? What does she do? Verse 28, the woman then left her water pots. Hey, what about the water? Did you come to get water? Homegirl left the water pots. She dropped them. And she went away into the city. Watch this, church. And she said to the men who probably, everybody say to the men. She said to the men, and you know she knew the men, right? We already know that she had a men problem. She said to the men, y'all need to come see a man who told me everything I ever did. <laughs> so what I want you to understand is, after this woman gets a revelation of who Jesus was, she couldn't keep it to herself. How many of you say, Pastor, I got a revelation. I know who he is. See, when you got a revelation, you can't sit on it. She, she didn't sit on the information. This woman, when she got the revelation, she realized who he was. She said, oh, I got to Oh, I got to let somebody know. She ran off me. She, I got I can't keep this quiet. Oh, no, I don't understand. Listen, I don't understand Christians. I'm sorry. Listen to me. You are too sanctified. You are too set apart. To keep this gospel to yourself. When I say too sanctified to it, I mean that God has set you apart now that you're his children. And so what this woman does, she, she don't just go out church, she's bold. She don't, you don't see nothing in here that says that this woman sit down, she thought about a strategy. How am I going to present? How am I going to persuade these men to listen to me? What we see there is that this woman didn't hesitate. She got the revelation and she went out boldly. Everybody say boldly. She boldly say, y'all need to come and see this. You see, her authentic faith motivated her to move. I said authentic faith. Authentic faith. How many know that the Bible says faith without works is dead? Right? But do you not know, foolish man, that faith without works is dead? This is James 2. Verse 20 and 22. Was not Abraham, our father, justified by works when he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by his work, faith was made perfect. Pastor, what are you saying? I'm simply saying here, church, that we all here, I believe, have a revelation of who Jesus is. Why aren't we like this woman who just cannot Keep it to ourselves. Because, because one of the things that we see is that this woman is bold. She's tenacious. She goes out. She didn't stop and go to get a Bible study. She didn't do it. She says, you know, I had an impact with Jesus. I had an encounter with Jesus. I realized who he was. I need Y'all need to hear this. And how do we know this woman believed? Because she acted. How do we know you believe? How do we know that we really believe what God's word says? Other than the fact that when we believe, an action usually proceeds it, right? There's an action that follows. 
This woman, her authentic faith motivated her to move. She couldn't keep it to herself. You know, when we're out, we're hopefully doing community events and different things. What God has done in your life, what Jesus has done in your life. How many say Jesus has blessed you tremendously? Come on, church. I mean, he has done some crazy stuff for all of us. I mean, we can sit here, man. I mean, we won't have time to talk about how he has blessed our lives since we got a revelation of his of what he's done. How dare do we keep that to ourselves? We need to follow the pattern of this woman. How many know who Jesus is? We know he is. Do we need to be just like her? Because what she did, she goes out, church, and she passionately and enthusiastically shared about her encounter with Jesus. In verse 28, we see that. She dropped her water pot. Didn't even get the water. She came for the water, left it. I'm out of here. I got to go to, man, how many know this is passion? This is excitement. And here's what I've come to understand, and this is a true statement. Passion and enthusiasm is very important when it comes to communicating your faith to people. Um, I mean, passion is like the gateway. Passion is what gets people attention. Um, you know, uh, I remember as a kid, I was a, people asked, well, why do you become a Dallas Cowboy fan? Um, because there were people in my neighborhood that were so passionate about it. So I developed this passion. And, make it, and, and it was like, and when you're passionate about it, it'll take you long. I mean, how many of you ladies, how many of you have seen men on Sunday sit there and talk about football for an hour or two? We just talk. I can go to football games and talk to people that I don't even know, and you would think we knew each other for 15 years. Men high-fiving each other, giving each other hugs. I've hugged people I don't even know. Strangers. <laughs> because we're passionate about football. Now, you remember, some of you might know, there was a football player named Ricky Williams. Ricky Williams was uh, drafted in the NFL as, a, I think, a number one pick. He was, Ricky Williams had the potential to be the best running back in NFL football ever. That's how good he was. And he was doing fine, but all of a sudden, Ricky, a few years into the league, Ricky decided he liked uh, a smoking pot and just kind of hanging out more than he wanted to do football. And all of a sudden, that passion, that zeal that he had for football, which made him so great, all of a sudden it left because he stopped doing certain disciplines. Same thing, y'all remember Mike Tyson? Y'all remember Mike Tyson, Buster Douglas? Who remember that? You remember Mike Tyson? When Mike Tyson was passionately, you know, because when you're passionate about something, you do those disciplines, right? You train. You exercise, you hit the gym, you do whatever. And, and, and so Mike Tyson got a little bit lazy and he fought old Buster Douglas. And he got beat by no a Buster Douglas because Tyson had lost his zeal and his passion. You know, it's the same thing for us. I want you to think about it this way. Because some of you are sitting here today or you might be listening. You say, well, Pastor, I kind of lost my passion about evangelism or my faith. I, I'm not as enthusiastically as, as enthusiastic as I used to be. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Let me help you with this. It's like anything else. And this is this has set you free. It's like anything else. The more you feed something, the bigger it gets, the stronger it gets, right? You feed it. Right? So there are certain disciplines that we all have to do, spiritual disciplines. Let me ask you a question for those of you who say, well, Pastor, I struggle with my passion for my faith or share my faith. Let me ask you this question. How much time do you spend in prayer? I mean, real time in prayer. How much time do you really spend studying the Bible? Do you do it frequently? 
Or do you do it every day? Do you do it once every three or four days? Do you only do it when you think about it? Have those discipline? I mean, you used to pray every day. You used to read your Bible every day. You used to share it every day. You used to look for opportunities. All of a sudden, you stop doing those certain disciplines. And then what happens is you see that your passion starts to wane a little bit. Because it's the disciplines that keeps your passion up. See, in, in the same spiritually, I'm, I, I like to go running. Well, I used to, y'all, y'all know me. I used to hate running. But now I'm kind of passionate about running. Why? Because I keep doing it. See, I have a schedule. I have a regiment. And I keep those disciplines in place. See, once you start fuzzing on the disciplines, once you start compromising certain spiritual disciplines, then you're, you're, you're going to start to lose your passion and your zeal. So, Pastor, well, how do you get it back? Reverse it. Put yourself on this schedule and say, you know, I'm going to go back to doing what I used to do. And then you'll find out after a while the passion will come back. And then you have to keep it. Now, why do I take a moment to talk about that? Because I want you to see here that because of this woman's passion and her enthusiasm, everybody, they could, they, they had to see what this woman was talking about. They, I mean, because she, I mean, because, and so what that tells me is that passion and enthusiasm is exciting. So it's contagious. Because we see here that this woman, that she goes out and she shares her faith and, and, and people, they, 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 want, they want to see and hear. So look at verse number 29. Look at verse number 28 for continuity's sake. The woman then left the water pots, went her way into the city, and said to the men, come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this not be the Christ? Come see him. Watch this. Verse 30. What did the men do? Think about it. Here's a woman that was immoral. So she's come up and she's talking. And something about the way that she presented this, the men said, hold up. This woman, man, she was, you know, she must be on to something because something's wrong with this woman. Something ain't right with this. We got, we need to figure this out. What is it about this woman? And they got, look, and it says in verse 30, that they went out of the city and they came. Just like she said. They came to see what was it? What happened? Who was this person? What happened to this woman that we knew who was a certain way? What is it? And this woman, all of a sudden, she don't even realize it, but she has just become an evangelist. She went out and said, what did she do? Come, and, and you know what, church? Her message was simplistic. For those who think you have to have a real deep message, you don't have to have a real deep message. You know, you can talk about your testimony and tell people, hey, lead them to Christ. Everybody, your testimony probably ain't that deep. I mean, it's deep. it could be deep in terms of substance, but y'all understand what I'm saying? This woman' message was simplistic. It wasn't complicated. It wasn't overbearing. Like the Bible says that through the preaching, through the foolishness of preaching, people get saved. But understand something here, church. That all the woman said was, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. But it was the way that she said it. It was the way that she presented it. And all of a sudden, this woman now becomes a, a witness for Jesus Christ. And, uh, and listen, she didn't, say, she, didn't, she didn't try to argue with nobody. She didn't try to break out the Bible. Hey, guys, I need to persuade y'all. Sit down. I need to, she said, no, no, y'all just need to come. And something about that caused them to say, okay, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go. Church, I believe that God want us in that same way. If we are as passionate as this woman are about Christ, 
then people will see it and people will take note. They will take note. They will hear, man, you know what? Let me, let me go. Because the more that you're changed, the more you're walking out who you are in Christ, and the more people see that, the more they're going to, especially if you're a new believer. I understand. I don't think there are too many new believers here. But, but, but you understand. You know what I mean. Um, you know, I'm in a new environment, at this new uh, job I, that I'm working at right now. And it's, it's very, so every day, I'm going to tell you what I do. So every day I go in and I'm praying before I go in because um, the Holy Spirit threw me. And I want to say it that way. The Holy Spirit through me is teeing them up for me to present the gospel. Let me tell you, this is amazing. I'm having things happen to me that is nothing short of miraculous at my, at my new place. So I'm working at this school. There are doors open up to me. There's, a, there's not a case that don't come my way that I can't find out of Saul. These people come to me. There's not, I mean, and, and I'm telling you right now at that school, my rep, I've been there a little bit over the, a month. I'm not bragging on myself. I'm really bragging on the God who is in me. Y'all understand what I'm saying? I'm not bragging on myself. Don't get it twisted. It ain't about me. Because I sit back and I marvel. I mean, I have people, teachers, stuff getting damaged and they don't know who did it. And then God just dropping them. Can I give you one example? Let me give you one example. Take this. So there was a kid. Somebody was going into one of the boys' bad restrooms inside the school. And they were jumping up and punching out the towels in the ceiling. But the way they were doing it was they were breaking them. And so the towel would, would, would you know, basically... Um, break in half, and it will fall on the floor. So the janitor will come in, and you can imagine the janitor is upset because they got to clean all that up. So we don't know who's doing it. We have no idea. Now, we have some cameras in the school, but sometimes the angles of the camera don't give us the best possible angle. So I had an angle in the general vicinity of the bathroom, but I didn't have a direct view. So watch how, so watch how God does it. Let me tell you how to talk. When I say supernatural, because then y'all will get it. So I go to school that next morning. There was a kid. That comes up to me. I don't know the kid. I've seen him around. He got a basketball. Right? And uh, he says to me, he, you know, everybody knows Mr. Bailey because, you know, kids know who I am. I don't know who they are. I'm still learning. So, can I put this ball in your office? Because I don't, I can't, he was trying to fit it into his locker. He couldn't get it in his locker. He said, can I put it in your office? I said, oh, yeah, sure, man. No, no problem. So, he walked him off. He put the ball in there. And I kind of introduced myself. Okay, great. Now, I really hadn't really talked to the kid ever. I may have seen him, but I didn't really know him. So all of a sudden, I said, well, I'm going to look at the film and see what I can come up with. Look at the tape. So I go and look at the tape in the office. And so I'm just thinking, man, it's like, and, and I don't have a direct view of the door, but this is a, a teacher's, a faculty's restroom. So I see a couple kids, like, kind of going in that area, but it don't give me a direct view of the door. All of a sudden, um, I, the same kid, ironically, I see him in the area. I can't say whether or not he went in the bathroom, but I can say he was in the area. So I called him into my office, and I said, I want to talk to him. I just want to ask him some questions. So I called him in the office. I'm just kind of bouncing the basketball, bouncing his basketball. He, got, he left in my office, and I just proceeded to ask him. I said, man, don't lie to me, da-da-da-da-da. So I started off. I said to him, I said, hey, man, can you got, I said, uh, you, you, you look like a, you know, he's a pretty tall kid. I said, you got some serious hops, don't you? For those who don't know what that is, that means he can jump pretty high. Um, he said, oh, yeah, I got some hot sauce. Okay, all right, I got that. I said, I said uh, do me a favor. Can you, let me see if you can touch the ceiling. So he, I said, so he jumps in. He goes, bam, he touched the ceiling. And I said, oh, man, look at you, man. I said, you, you, man, you're awesome, man. And I said, you got some, man. You, I said, you are going to be a ball. I said, that's great, man. I said, I bet you do some of that around the school sometimes, don't you? You just kind of jump up to the ceiling. He's like, yeah, 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 I, I do that. 
So then I begin, long story short, I begin, I proceed to ask him about the bathroom. And long story short, I won't go into it. He ended up confessing to me that he was the one that was going in the bathroom, busting the towels. Now, here's what I want you to see. Do you think it was a coincidence that that, that, that next morning that that kid comes to me? Because had he not come to me, I would have probably never, I don't know. I don't know him. And because all I can say was he was in the general vicinity, but there was a whole lot of other people in the vicinity. But I saw him and I said, and that was just one example, but there's been multiple examples like that. And, and, and so here's what I know God is doing. So God is building my reputation through me. He's using me. And I know what's going to happen. There's going to be an outpouring of the spirit. Some people are going to get right with God. Come on, give Jesus a hand clap of praise. I'm telling you, I, I mean, it's a setup. It's, a, it's all a setup. And I know it's happening because, you know, and you know when it's God working because all you do, you just kind of sit back and you marvel yourself. You drive home. You ever have one of those moments? You just shake your head like, what is God doing? You're like, this is crazy. This doesn't even make sense to me. This is nuts. So I'm driving home like these people running to me telling me how much they, they love having me here. And the principal putting out letters. We are so lucky to have him. I ain't all of that. I promise you. Y'all know me. I'm not all that. But here's, this is God's doing. And all I'm, and all I'm doing is I'm, I'm, I'm being, I'm, here's, what, here's what I do. I'm, I'm, every day I'm like, Lord, I'm waiting for the moment. I'm waiting for the opportunity. I'm saying, God, I want you to use me. So I'm very careful in what I do because I know that I'm on a mission. Y'all hear what I'm saying? And God is going to use me. And then some folks are going to get right with God. So I don't know how uh, Diva got me all off on that tangent right there. But, but I, hope they, I hope they helped you some to, to, to let you know that if we're just, if we are just open and we're thinking and, and, and we're like conscientious every day about the fact God used me, God will use us. If we're thinking about it, if you go to work, if you go to school, if you go to your business, if you go to your office, if you go wherever you go, if you think, Lord, use me, God will tear you up and he will use you. But you got to be there because if you're not there, church, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? You're missing opportunity. Amen. And, and, and so we just need to be cognizant of that. And, and so and so we, we, we see here that the Bible says that many people believe the whole time. I believe I said all that to say this. The whole time, this woman was being set up. The whole thing with Jesus did and Holy Spirit. No, I mean, no, it was a setup for her to, to do what she did. The whole time Jesus was setting this woman up, she didn't even realize it. She just knew, man, I just got in. I just saw something, man. I just went out. And the Bible says in verse 39, look at this. It said, and many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him. Why? Because of the what? The word of the woman. Who testified? What did she say? He told me everything I ever did. <laughs> that was it. That was it. That's all she did. But she did it boldly, and she did it enthusiastically, and she did it with passion. And that caused people to wake up and say, oh, goodness. And just because of her word, many people of the city got right with God. Y'all see how it is God that is working in people. It is God that is tearing people up. All we are is just a tool and a vessel. And, 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 and God is doing an amazing thing through this woman who was, and I call, this, I call this sermon, the title of it for those, I don't think I ever said it, but I think you can get it. I call this sermon a bold woman because that's all she was. See, the righteous are, are as bold as lying. You can't operate in fear. When it comes, let me tell you something. Fear cannot God can't use a person that is operating out of fear. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Because fear will always kind of keep you from stepping out and in. 
So you got to release fear. You got to let that go. And you got to be bold in who you are. You got to be bold in what you believe God is doing. You got to be bold that you're on assignment. How many of you are bold enough to believe that you're on assignment from God? I mean, but, I mean, I'm on assignment. You ain't just you ain't just doing a job. You ain't just raising a child. You're not just going to that, that place you're going. You are on an assignment. And act like it. Man, I'm on assignment. My life is, is going someplace in Jesus' name. And I believe that just like God used this bold little woman, I say she was little, because there was nothing of a statue that would say she was large. But because of this woman, passion and her zeal and her boldness people got right with God and I believe that God would do the same thing for everyone in this room if we're, if we're that way so when I look at this particular passage I look at this passage of scripture about this Samaritan woman it's nothing complicated about this a lot of people got saved and she didn't what she didn't crack the Bible open one time did she she didn't open the Bible Oh, many people in the city, she changed the city. She changed the trajectory of an entire city. What will God do through you? What will God do through me? If we're just like her, man, just go and just say, look, you know what? I don't know a whole lot, maybe not as much as I should know, but I can tell you, I can surely tell you what God did for me, why I got right with God. And maybe you need to sit back, you need to practice your testimony. We had a class last year, we had Contagious Christianity. And one of the things that we, 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 we and that was a great class because it allowed for us to do some practical things about learning how to share our faith. And it was all kind of really sort of knowing how God had wired us and, and understanding and, uh, and, and just kind of um, figuring out uh, uh, kind of a, a, a way of doing it. But it's, but it's not complicated. Nothing about this is complicated. Because it's not about you. It's about God working through you. And to the extent that you can get that into your spirit and you can just be bold in what God has called you to do, we'll have great success. I believe just like this woman. Amen. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Father in Jesus.